Welcome to Leith HR Group Presents HR Nightmares. And this is our podcast and YouTube channel where we sit around a bunch of microphones and talk about all the stories and situations that we probably would have thrown into that book that all HR people say they're going to write. Um, but instead, we like to sit around the mics and yak about it. So um, thanks for tuning in today. Today's uh, special topic that we're going to be covering is mental health awareness. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so I've got the ladies from the core Leith HR group team here with me. Gabby Plumet, hello, hello. Hi, Amy Conway. So um, thanks for being here today. Yeah. Mental health uh, is something that it, we're starting to get over the stigma in the workplace, but there's certainly a lot more work to do. And as we work across like different industries and see what certain companies are doing really well and what certain companies maybe are a little bit lackluster in, we've got some opinions and, um, and we're going to share those here today with the audience. But I think where I'd like to really start is with Gabby. We rarely ever have her since she doesn't live in the same state as us anymore. Um, this is a person that works on our team fully remotely. She is a marketing extraordinaire, graphic designer, people and culture consultant for Leith HR Group. And she spends um, a lot of time on our Leith HR Group technology work talk. So, um, you know, I, wanna, I want you to just tell us a little bit about some of the work that you've been doing uh, with blogs and social media posts and research in general about mental health in the workplace. Like what's some of the stuff that you're seeing? Yeah, for sure. So um, for those that don't really know about work talk, let me just give a little background. So work talk is a mobile app um, created, Lisa created this about a couple of years ago, she noticed that um, people were quitting because managers weren't checking in with their folks, you know, um, and that communication is super important. Um, and that is very related to mental health and burnout. Um, so doing tons of research and really growing a passion for employees' mental health, um, you know, 76%, according to Forbes, a recent um, survey, um, employees want some type of resource and some they want help they want support from their managers so it's just been really interesting to see and read you know the people the the research is showing the people want it so what can managers do um to support their people you know mm -hmm. i mean it starts with asking them what do you yeah. want right so i guess the forbes survey tells us people want to people want access to mental health resources what does that mean do they want access to an eap no <laughs> <laughs> but it is important if it's offered for free, right? Do they know how to get to the EAP? Do they That's know the how to question. get to it? And then, yeah. you know, I, I just actually, um, with a client, we're doing open enrollment right now. And I thought all EAPs were kind of the same in that wow. once you have an EAP, you can call and use any local, they'll hook you up with any local provider and basically it'll roll right into your health insurance. But that's not always true. And in fact, this EAP that I was working with yesterday, um, that's offered through this company, they only offer teledoc visits. So they don't even offer like a chance to go and sit with someone mm -hmm. real that maybe your neighbor recommended or. Yeah. So what do you think about yeah, EAPs I mean, in I think general? That, you know, Gabby and I were talking about a little bit before this and 
When we think about mental health in the workplace and providing resources to our employees, we do have to think through what those resources look like. We have a certain amount of dollars to spend in benefits and what we can provide people, and they're telling us that they want those resources. But what we know about people who are struggling from burnout, depression, anxiety, other mental health-related issues is that it takes a lot for them to ask for help. So if they've got to find a number, then call someone, then go through a couple interviews with with therapists to see who they like, then they decide, then they got to fill out the form, then they got to do this. They're going to stop with even just calling that phone number, right? So if companies are thinking about how can we provide these solutions and provide these resources, I recommend companies get modern with the times and those old school EOP, EAP programs. They're great for a lot of things because they encompass a lot of different things besides mental health, right? But they're not the best mental health solutions. I think there's better digital platforms. I think we're seeing a rise in mental health among a younger age demographic that are a little bit more um, likely to utilize those digital platforms and get on a teledoc. You know, they want to book it online. We got to make it super easy for the employee to utilize that, or they're going to utilize an EAP program at about three to five percent, maybe. I mean, that's what we used to see in a company. We had a pretty good EAP program, and like five percent of people actually utilized the five free visits they got a year with a mental health provider. It just we didn't see it utilized. We saw more of it probably get utilized when people had their own therapist already, and benefits help pay for some of that. So I definitely think if you're an employer and you're looking at an EAP program, first of all, ask your broker if one is offered for free through some of the other ancillary benefits you already offer. Mm -hmm. Like I know Principal offers one like for free, um, Magellan. Um, a lot of times United Healthcare will offer their Optum EAP. One thing I do like about an EAP, especially if you work for a larger organization where there are lots of HR nightmares going on, is ask your EAP if you can do mandatory EAP referrals. So let's say, you know, you, you're my supervisor. You notice that I am like my behavior is like just deviating from normal. I'm usually always there before eight o'clock. I'm peppy. I'm clean. I'm, you know, have my makeup on and I'm looking ready for the day. And all of a sudden I'm dragging my butt in to work late. I look a little bit disheveled. Uh, who knows? I've got a little bit of BO. What's going on here? But like, I'm different and something's yeah. wrong. Well, number one, of course, as a manager, we are huge advocates of checking in with your employees on a regular basis. And if you don't do it or you don't have the time, go get work talk. But like, number two, you can actually, with some EAPs, mandatory referrals, like actually as a contingency of employment, a condition of employment, um, force people to go talk to mm -hmm. a like a licensed professional about what's going on in their life. Hey, Lisa, I don't know what's going on with you, but here's the couple of things that I noticed are different. You could talk to me and I could try to help, or I want to send you to go utilize a free program that we offer through the employee assistance program. Um, so that's one thing that's nice, but I mean, it all kind of gets back to just like talking to your folks. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, definitely. And with your manager kind of I think there's such a stigma around mental health in the workplace. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's looked down upon. And I think just starting to kind of change those conversations, you know, um, we're human. And I, I love this that Amy said in uh, many of our workshops, you know, it's we don't just drop our personal lives at the door. I don't know if you guys have seen Severance on um, Apple. Oh, I Apple. haven't it's seen a, it yet. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's we need to go watch it. Yeah, yeah. great. Um, and it just basically you drop it, your personal life and then you have your work life. But it's in reality, that doesn't happen. So I think mm -hmm. 
managers and just the workplace in general, like realizing that we're humans first. You know, we, we always say that mm-hmm. we're humans first and treating your employees like humans first is the first step. Right. So. But a lot of times, like we, we've spent a lot of time um, talking about, especially on the work talk front, talking about first responders. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything from EMTs, paramedics, police officers, firefighters, nurses, doctors, um, you know, these people do not get a chance to talk to their manager. Um, their manager has probably some kind of obligation to like do a check in and see how things are going with them. But most of these managers have like 30 to 100 direct reports. Mm-hmm. And there's absolutely no way you're having like critical, crucial conversations mm-hmm. with every single person. And so how do you get ahead of a breakdown, right? We are all human. And so when my financial instability or my I'm overworked, I'm missing my kids, I'm getting divorced now, like when all these things come compound on one another and I can't even talk to the person who I'm supposed to trust my boss because I'm with patients or like out on the road seeing patients and like they're also seeing patients and doing a bunch of paperwork right. for the government. Or they're burned out, too. <laughs> and right. So they're like, out. they don't have the capacity to even take on what you're, you know, and I think that's what we're hard on managers sometimes for not doing the check-in. But it's like they're probably feeling the same things as their yeah. employees. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have space to deal with their stuff, they're not going to enable others to, like, come to them because they – they're not approachable even. They're right. kind of saying, like, I'm dealing with the same thing you are. Like, it's the blind leading the blind out there. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, and it's such a complicated web. It's not just, there's not just one app that's going to solve the problem or a conversation that's going to solve the problem. When you're talking about just mental wellness in general, this is a this is a focus that we need to have, whether it's, um, it's an app or it's managers being trained to know where to get the resources Mm -hmm. or where to send people to. They don't have to be the end all be all, but do they know what to do when somebody comes to them and says like, I think I need a week off because I'm feeling like I'm going to snap. Um, Like how do you, what do you do with that? And so I think training supervisors too. any advice on like um, regular trainings or educating supervisors on how to deal with sticky situations when people are exhibiting signs of like, again, deviating from normal, behavior. Yeah. I think what's hard is that we've got to get ahead of it a little bit and not let it even get to that point. And I firmly believe that companies, managers, leaders, all of it, it's like you're kind of creating the disease of burnout to begin with. So this is that always on environment that we work in. We think a lot about these businesses that are maybe customer facing and are open, like, you know, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., right? 12 hours of the day, seven days a week, like these kind of cyclical businesses where even when people have a day off, the business is still running. So they're getting phone calls constantly. They're people. So I think about that just being from like a retail background, right? How hard that was to have a day off even. Um, But if we don't kind of start to approach it like, we need to give people the space to actually take their day off uninterrupted. We need to give people their time off and encourage them to take their PTO without emailing them Mm -hmm. the whole time that they're away, right? Like if we're not giving people space to actually be away from work when they're away from work, then they're just coming back to us. They're not refreshed. They're in work mode. That's where the burnout, a lot of it is coming from is right now with just 
You know, we've got these little phones in our hand all the time. Our work email is on them. We've got our laptop with us in our handbags all day long. We're always on. And so it doesn't give you any space to, like, kind of decompress and download and get re-energized to be able to come back and handle all the stuff that goes on then the next day. So I think we've got to really take a look at, like, the culture piece of it and and that always-on piece. And if we could address some of that, then we're going to prevent some of that burnout from even happening to begin with. Boundaries. So managers setting boundaries for themselves to not give – not set a precedent for people who report to them, right? If I'm emailing you every other night at 1030 at night, you're going to start to think, oh, shit, I better be checking my email at 1030. Mm -hmm. Like, she's emailing me. She needs an answer. Like, and I, like, listening to you say that, I'm like, oh, my God, I need to figure out a way to, like, work in my outlook and, like, say, don't yep, send this yep. until. You can set a timer There's on a it thing, right? To set it out. I need send to do it that. out at 7 a.m. versus 10 p.m. We got mm-hmm. to do that. So, anyway, yeah. sorry about that. Uh- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is true because I, I, wor- I work with leaders, like, um, in my coaching work. And I, they're like, yeah, but I always say, don't check this. I know you're on PTO. I know, I'm like. Yeah, but people that are really good and dedicated, which mm-hmm. your team is, they're going to check it whether you give them permission to not to. So if you you have to not send it to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. That's where you set the example and, like, people are going to check it. I saw a really cool LinkedIn post yesterday. I don't know if any of you saw it, but, like, um, this woman took two weeks off to celebrate her 10th anniversary. And they went to Spain, and she said before she left, she told her team that I'm going to delete the Slack app and delete my work email app off my phone. Wow. So if you really, really need me, you're going to pick up the phone and call me, or you're going to text me for an emergency. But she said her team was, like, super supportive. Yeah. And, like, that's amazing. Loved it. Didn't call her. She enjoyed her vacation. She came back feeling super refreshed. Um, so not everybody can do that, right? Well, if you're a CEO I, yeah, or an okay. owner of a company, like don't delete your Slack. But I had one time ever in my last job as director of HR and, you know, a big team, big region, lot going on. I work for a company of 75,000 people. They did. There's other somebody else you can call while yeah, I'm right. out of the country. Like even if the something chaotic and emergency is happening, I was in Indonesia. There's literally nothing I can do for you. So I spent like... 60 days leading up to that trip because I was gone for two weeks and it was the first time in 17 years I had ever taken two weeks off right yeah. and I spent like 60 days preparing everybody they probably were like she she needs to talking about this trip but it was to like condition them that I was not going to be available they needed everything it was great my SVP who I supported he didn't email me until he knew I was getting back on that plane yeah. on my return trip <laughs> you're gonna need something he's to do like, he's like you got nine hour layover so yeah. you want to start emailing now and that was perfect. Yeah, they didn't send me anything, and I didn't check it either. So even if they had, they wouldn't have gotten anything from me. Yeah. Well, they can they call. Call if somebody it's like a else. Super emergency, but call someone else first. Call someone else. <laughs> yeah. I'm in a mountain in Indonesia. I'm not answering your phone call. What about like? Um, okay, so let's talk about all the different, uh, you know, facets of mental wellness. And of course, none of us are mental health professionals, but we've been around mm-hmm. enough situations and done enough research and written enough blogs and done enough trainings that we have like somewhere with all about what we're talking about. But like, um, talk about stress. Like, what kind of stresses are affecting the workplace right now? What are things that as an employee, like how can you take ownership of your own stress and be introspective and recognize it as a supervisor? What's your responsibility um, to identify stress and get people resources? And then as a company, like what should we 
which we be doing if we run a company or we're an HR department for a company to just help with mental wellness? Like, what are some good ideas? Yeah, I want to touch on how you said that mental health is not just mental. So it's like those physical stressors, right? So physical activity that can help your stress. Maybe take a walk at lunch, you know, um, or a yoga one morning. Get the group together, our yoga on the lawn. And it goes back to ask your folks in the very beginning, like, hey, if we were to have some benefits or some bring in a counselor to come talk to if you can't, you know, to refer, um, what do you want? What's going to help you? Everyone's different. Everyone has those different stressors. So it is interesting that it's not just mental. It's also you have physical stressors. You might have financial, financial. right? And then you have the world stress stressors. <laughs> right. So inflation, um, I mean, the pandemic, whatever, you know, so many things out there out of our control too. So right. it all, mm-hmm. it, and then mm-hmm. you go to work and then you're carrying it with you. So, um, I definitely think it's tough, but I'm telling you, going on a walk, that is one thing that a nice 10-minute walk, if you can make a phone call, that has been such a help over the last couple of years. So I recommend that to anyone. Again, (laughs) not a, I'm not, I don't have, I'm not a, I'm not certified, but a nice walk. Yeah, but you're into yoga. You've got like your (laughs) chakra like under control. (laughs) Well, it is like the physical, the mental, yeah, it all kind of. Alliance. Yeah, I've I've recommended some companies and like some recent seminars we've done, like taking a look at what tools they're using mm-hmm. and just starting to like pull back and limit and make sure it's like not asking people because I think that creates a lot of stress, like when we're living in Teams and Slack and GroupMe and texting and yeah. email. It's mm-hmm. like let somehow like the company needs to take over and say like we're using one tool for mm-hmm. all communication. So like because that just that little ding on that Slack is like so stressful for some people. Oh, yeah. Some people can handle it and it does not bother them, but everyone's really different. Well, right? if you're a zero inbox person and you've and got I am. Slack yeah. and text oh, yeah. and email all popping yeah. off. That can be real bad. Yeah, it's no, like, I like that idea. I teach, you know, in like teaching just even some different like time management skills and pe- giving people permission to kind of like time block and turn off alerts for two hours every day and like just some of that. Like there are things that companies can give direction and do that really would. They're small things that would make really big impacts. Mm-hmm. Um, but employees are going to need permission in order to really feel like they can actually do it. And then what about like, I mean, besides the, like the call map is really popular. What about other tools that maybe companies could consider subsidizing like a subscription? Like I love that Starbucks does like a subscription to Spotify for their baristas, Mm -hmm. right? It seems like so simple. I'm like, oh, okay. Do people really care about that? Yeah. Well, it's one less thing that a barista doesn't have to pay for that they're probably using anyway. So yeah, um, like the call map, any other good ones like that help with stress or? There's a lot of resources on some of the newer ones like, um, like better help, mm-hmm. you know, like those are some of the mental health and you can utilize them to speak to somebody, but there's also other resources on them. I haven't done a ton of like digging on some of those, but yeah, there, there's quite a bit or even, you know, helping pay for gym memberships mm-hmm. and athletic, like encouraging people to kind of, you know, physical fitness and all that stuff. That is a really good way to de-stress yeah. and to curb some of that stress mm-hmm. and anxiety. So, you know, companies kind of foot in the bill on that. We have a small company that we work with that's a client of ours that does pay towards towards that. And employees can choose where they want to go. It's not a mandatory, like, where they go. I like that. I think mm-hmm. it's great because, yeah, I haven't had that. I haven't experienced that in working. And that would have been a really great thing for – I would have used it, too, and – 
companies encourage. I worked for a company where they would only do the subsidy if you like attended the gym so many times a year. Yeah, you can't put. And then it's like, and then it was only certain approved gyms. So like that was kind of yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like if you're like if you like yoga and you like bar and I like Planet Fitness. Yeah. Just go, go wherever you want. Just like do something, um, and we'll subsidize it. I like that. Um, the one thing I've been considering, uh, maybe for some of the more progressive companies that we work with is, um, bringing in like, I don't know, group therapy or, um, there's a really cool, I'm going to give a shout out to the greater Wilmington business journal, coastal entrepreneur awards of which we've been a winner two times. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, there was a group called Clarity Counseling, and she came in, and she was like a little firecracker, man. She's running a really successful um, counseling business, it's psychologist in town, um, Clarity Counseling. And she's like, hey, we're not your grandma's we're not your grandma's therapist. And I loved that. I was like, it's kind of our brand. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're we're like a modern human resource group. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do things like the old school way. But I loved her energy. And I asked her, hey, would you ever come in and do like sessions at an employer? And just it's kind of half training, half um, tools in your tool belt, yeah. half group therapy kind of thing. And she was like, oh, yeah, I love doing that. So even kind of offering that up to folks and kind of teeing up a topic maybe so they don't feel like, oh, I have to come in and bear my soul. Um, that might be something for people to consider doing. And it's so cheap. What do you pay them? Like 150 bucks an hour or something? Pay them 150 bucks and you get ahead of maybe some issues that people were thinking about. Maybe they can stay after for a couple hours. People sign up for 30 minute slots. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be good. Yeah, dog I, dog I, therapy is good. Bringing dogs to work. Dog, I mean, there's research therapy. out there, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I couldn't bring mine. She's a maniac, but... <laughs> She's cute. I know. I mean, she'd make everybody happy, but we couldn't control her. But, yeah, I think that, you know, it's amazing, like, just how far, like, just doing a listening session with people can go. And I, I was, I did see, like, this one Instagram reel that was really funny about HR, right? And it's like, are you going to give us an extra day off? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do this? Just trust They're like, no, we're going to have a webinar. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and of course, my non-HR <laughs> friend sent it to me. I'm like, okay, you're right. I did teach a webinar we're, last We're doing week a lot of webinars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it is true. It's like, okay, so maybe it's not the webinars. Maybe it is. It's like at least we're, you know, recognizing it. I think the webinar is a lot more for your leaders and getting them trained and getting them to understand solutions. And then for your employees, it needs a little bit more like action behind it and openness and like they need to see a little bit more and just creating some like listening sessions and things that don't have an agenda, don't have an outcome, don't have a topic. It's like, we're always so results driven and feel like we have to get something out of everything. But sometimes we just get a lot out of just like opening up space and letting people talk. That's super true. I had, I think I've told the story before, but I had an awesome plant manager. Um, His name was Ken and he was such a nice man. And we did lunch with Ken every Friday and we'd bring in like 10 random people every Friday to come just eat pizza with Ken in a conference room. And he had no agenda. It was Mm -hmm. like, ask me anything you want. What do you want to, you want to talk about the business? You're worried about the business. Talk about the business. You want to talk about kids? You want to talk about the race that's happening down the street at the Concord Speedway? Let's talk about that. But Mm -hmm. it was like you were saying, just free space to, to chat with the leader and have an open listening session. It went very far. I also think getting getting other leaders, like it's not always your direct leader, but actually getting that one leader above them mm-hmm. and that leader above them and getting them to go and actually like 
speak, touch, engage, right? It's it's those check-ins because sometimes that direct manager, they need a little bit of support and guidance in doing this too. And if they're doing all the heavy lifting and we're not getting kind of our top level leaders engaging with, you know, our more entry level folks, our folks that are doing more of like the functional work, um, then, then we're missing out on some of those opportunities. And that's just kind of, again, goes back to culture. Like, what's your culture like? Right. Yeah. I love, I love that point. Um, I read, it was a few months ago, Prada or Gucci, um, one a high-level fashion brand had their CEO, C-level suite um, leadership team was very involved with Gen Z, their new, like their new hires, very involved. And they noticed an increase in productivity. There was more ideas flowing because the Gen Z um, group thought that they could speak up because they had that trust and that relationship with the C-level suite. It wasn't, oh, this is, this is my leader. I'm scared. Mm-hmm. It was more of like that trust. So I think that too, um, giving them motivation and your increase in productivity, all of that stuff just bring kind of like coming down to meet each other you know I think that's I I thought that was awesome Mm -hmm. um so trust in leadership is one of the core components of having a really great employee experience where people will stay they feel like they belong they feel like they have empowerment and a voice and so um if you're a small enough company where you can get the CEO in front of groups of new hires or in front of groups of employees like the lunch with Ken thing like that goes so so Mm -hmm. far in building that trust so people just stick around Mm -hmm. because they genuinely like the people that they work for um and those are two core components of keeping people it's like you want them to like who they work around their colleagues and you want them to like their manager or the leadership that they work for so organizational trust some ceos they say oh i'm just getting too busy i can't do it anymore and it's like are you are you really too busy to pop in for 10 minutes once a month have one less meeting with your other executives. Could you, you know, please. like that's what I always say. I'm like, you could probably stand to have less meetings with the other people on the leadership team yeah. and more meetings with people lower down. Yeah, yeah. So I like, I like that. Um, what else? Just, I think managers. I think employees. I love that. Um, the last couple of years have kind of changed our outlook on. Just mental health, you know, like I'm really, mm-hmm. I see progression. I think that we still have a lot to go. Yeah. Um, but it's really awesome to see how conversations are changing um, and the creativity that's coming out of it, too. Right. It's not like you said, the benefits um, years ago aren't going to be the same benefits um, five years from now. So it's yeah. kind of cool, the creativity and the innovation um, tying in to help humans be human. So. Yeah, I think if employees and managers and leaders and whomever, if everyone could embrace this subject with an open door kind of philosophy behind it, which is we're open to different resources, we're open to ideas, we want to do these things. We don't have all the answers, though. So if there is something out there that you experienced or you really liked as an employee, maybe you got it from somewhere else, maybe you heard a friend, you know, their company was doing this. We want the ideas, like come share. So it's kind of everyone doing their part and finding what the right solutions are because there's a lot of things that are changing, a lot of new different things. And I think that that's sometimes the best way is, you know, asking employees like, hey, like, what are you hearing? Like, what are you finding is helpful. And I think companies, just everybody being open to the fact that like the company's not going to solve it all overnight, but also giving them some grace to try Mm -hmm. and have some space to make some mistakes while they do it. And yeah, we make fun of the webinar, but at least they did a web, at least they did something, right? (laughs) So 
it's not like that. It's like, let's all have some grace with it because it is a sensitive subject and it's hard for some people to know exactly they want to do it the right way, but don't let that interfere with just getting started and doing something. That's one thing that we've learned a lot about over the COVID-19 pandemic is just about giving employees grace and some employers have done it better than others. But as we move forward, you know, into 2023 and beyond, if you find that somebody is acting different or seems like they're mm-hmm. in a funk, like rather than just say, oh, it's not my business, I'm going to avoid it. Well, it's life-life balance. It's no longer work-life balance. It's life-life balance. And so pull them aside. Ask them if they want to grab a cup of coffee. Like, hey, what's going on with you? You seem different. Like, is everything okay? Um, and just see if you can help them. Even as a peer, like pointing them in the right direction is helpful. And and it's giving them grace. It's saying like, I'm going to give you the space that you need to like get well. I'm going to, as if I'm your manager, I'm going to tell you about like our leave of absence options. I'm going to tell you about um, how I'm going to give you like emergency PTO, which we've never done before. But like, go take the time that you need to either get your head right, get your meds right, um, go take care of your, you know, elderly mother that's in another state that you we're feeling guilty about leaving and um, leaving your work because you have an important project. Nothing is more important like to any single individual mm-hmm. than their own families. And so um, we should all be giving our employees grace when it comes to taking care of their families and putting families first. It will build yeah. tremendous trust, tremendous loyalty. Yeah. But it's just like doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. So. I also think like I look at some of these big things that are happening right now. Like I, I thought today like If you're a really big company out there listening to us, I hope you are, but um, (laughs) you need to get behind stuff that's really affecting your employees. So I think of this like baby formula crisis Mm. and why it's just now hit the news. It's been going on for like well over six months, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's a whole thing and I'm not going to get into it, but I'm like, why are big companies not getting involved to like push some of this through and get like our government to move a little faster? And it's like, these are things I'd like to see big companies like start to get involved in on behalf of their employees. And I'm sure some have, right? But I think that it's like, are we looking for those ways? Because I can't imagine how much your your new moms with little babies at home are being able to come in and actually focus on work right now yeah. if right. they can't find food for their child, right? So it's like stuff like that. We know you have a lobbyist yes, on yes. retention for at least I'm a million like, dollars a year. I'm like, this already? So just, and there's a lot of it's examples great, like that yeah. that are happening mm-hmm. all across the world. It's like companies are so laser focused on what they're doing that there's stuff out there that are the outliers that are really causing some major friction for their employees that, that they could maybe take a stand and help kind of solve some of these things. Also, the daycare expenses are just, mm-hmm. like, astronomical, right? We're spending, like, 20, 30 grand a year on our child to go to daycare so we can go work um, and get those benefits. And so if you're making, you know, 30, 40, 50 grand, you're basically just doing it for the benefits, right? So if you have folks that are, um, you know, making under six figures, offering, you know, and you're a decent sized company with benefits, like offering things like a flexible spending account for mm-hmm. dependent care where people can put up to $5,000 away pre-tax. Yeah. Um, and so you're saving at least the tax on 5000 Now the government needs to get like with the times. No <laughs> one's spending $5,000 a year on daycare. Come on. So like maybe put the lobbyists on that. That'd be a nice, yeah. another thing to like, yeah. put the lobbyists well, on. We have a whole Formula list of that. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. That's another episode. It's just... <laughs> Working moms and working parents and just the expenses associated with um, getting your kids into reliable 
um, safe care while yeah. you're well, yeah. so you can focus on work. Um, fed and safe and under someone else's care, but it costs a lot of money. Yeah. So, so I have a friend um, that has benefits through. It works for Big Four Accounting. Um, has been a great benefits um, and. To get people back into the office, they decided, well, this is really in New York because transportation's hard up there. A lot of them live in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're spending well over 100 to get to the office. Yeah. Um, they came out and said, hey, we'll pay for your transportation. We'll pay for your child care and your pet care. Mm. So I was like, wow. Oh. Like, they're getting very creative with trying mm-hmm. to get people back into the office. And I, th- I think that's great. I yeah. Mean, mm-hmm. Especially well over $100 to get to work. Yeah. To dry, ride the train, you know. So. That's so true. I mean, I just think that, you know, companies need to take every year a really hard look at the utilization mm-hmm. of the different programs and the benefits and the offerings. And it's like you got one bucket of money and we get that. You can't always allocate mm-hmm. more and more money to that bucket. But make sure that you're using that bucket of money in the best ways possible that help the most amount of people, right? right? And mm-hmm. sometimes we have other things that, like, we keep – we hold on to because they just kind of roll over every year. But that's really not what the employees are utilizing. So then right. take that money and put it somewhere else. Yeah. The transportation cost is that's, a big thing, especially right now. I mean, with gas, people commuting in. I mean, mm-hmm. if you could take the train for free, you might be right. more apt to not get in the car and drive. Yeah. So. Oh, my gosh. I loved. Cool. I miss living in, like, public transit <laughs> cities. I would rather never drive if I had to. Oh, my yeah. God. Well, hey, I think um, we've been at this for a little while, so let's go. Th- let's go through and at least answer one question that was submitted from the audience. If you guys yeah, want to, how let's does that do it. sound? Um, okay, now this is a fun one. So, after COVID, our offices reopened, and we have offices. This particular person has offices in New Jersey, New York, Florida, and North Carolina. However, several people still refuse to come back to the office. They claim their spouse is at high risk. Others want to work from home again also, probably because they see other people saying, I'm not coming in. I got a high-risk guy over here. Um, so why? If they can work from home, I could still work from home. Um, can they take action against us if we do not let them work from home? And would it be best to offer the same option to work at home to everybody? Hmm. Well, I would say if you're considering making a work from home option, that obviously means that your business can support it and yeah. warrant it. So I think you got to listen to your people. Are you willing to have 20% of your people quit because you put your foot down and you dig into the sand? You say, absolutely not. Yeah. You have to come back into the office. I, I don't think it's worth that. Um, I, I think there's other options. Are there hybrid options? Are there some positions that can be more remote than others? So it sounds like they're willing to like entertain the idea. So if you're willing to entertain it, I would not challenge, I, I would not make it a thing that greater just so you like win that battle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as like forcing employees back into the office and can they take action, I am not an employment attorney. I would consult with one, but I think it depends probably what your policies say, what your business says. I don't feel like it's something that's actual. I don't know. I don't know that you could take a lot of action from like a legal standpoint. If if your business is, we need you back in the office. Yeah. 
It's a private business. Now, the, there's the some medical, the medical accommodation stuff aside, but right. if nobody has any kind of accommodation or need that we would need to make an accommodation for, I, I don't think there's any, like, legal repercussions yeah, from an the, employment standpoint. Take the good advice that you gave off the table, which is, if you're considering it, yeah, you probably should. Yeah, do it. yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, take that good advice off the table and let's just get back to, like, the hardcore, can they take action against us? No, if you're a private business, as long as, you know, you're it's an all hands kind of policy. Hey, guys, we decided July 1st. Yeah, it looks like COVID stats are down. Um, the community is doing well. We think it's better for our company from a cultural standpoint or whatever the reason is. Everybody get back in the office. Yeah. Um, unless you have a documented medical yeah, accommodation, medical accommodation documented. Um, yeah. If you don't come back in and you don't have a documented medical accommodation, yeah. I can't fire you. Well, so, I think it's grounds for, yeah, I think as long as you give a reasonable notice of saying this is when it's happening, it's a couple days, you got to check your state guidelines or whatever that may be. Yeah, I don't think there's any legal action. Yeah. Also, it's the right thing to allow. Let's say I don't have a medical accommodation documented, but I'm telling you like, hey, man, like my husband, he, you know, he had cancer last year. Like for yeah, real, you didn't put me in that spot. Then you probably want to just like, again, use some compassion and grace and say, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to put you in that spot. So right. don't come in. But could you technically put him in that spot? Yeah, you could. You could say, well, if you're so worried, then when you come in, you need to just like wipe your space down and put on an N95. You could say that. You, now, I you, don't recommend You that. could. <laughs> but let's be very clear to the audience. That is not our recommendation from we don't good recommend HR that. professionals. No, 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 no. But they you like could. to keep good talent. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want that, if you want the person to quit, then <laughs> go ahead and tell them to strap on an N95 and come on back in. But um, I think the main point there is if you can do it and you've done it before, and it wouldn't put you in some kind of like bad business place to let everybody work remotely or give yeah. them that option, yeah. then just freaking do it. Row with the current. Don't yeah. row mm -hmm. against the current. Yeah, because if you don't, you, you're just going to, the people who want to leave, they're just now looking for jobs that will allow them to be that way. So if you don't allow it, you're just going to have a lot of turnover. So that's kind of what you're facing. And we're still at that's like inevitable. the lowest or like almost the lowest unemployment of all time. So yeah, it's hard to find great people. So mm -hmm. I do what you can to keep them. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Oh, cool. That's a good one. Yeah. You want to do another one? Yeah. yeah. I right. think there was one more kind of shorter one. Um, normally payroll hits uh, first thing in the morning on a payday. Okay. I have been with the company for four years. Over the four years, there have been about a dozen times that our pay hits either at night or the following day. Are there any repercussions for the leadership oh. team? I have bills scheduled on payday. And when our paycheck yeah. does not hit when it's supposed to, I am hit with late fees. What power do we as employees have and can we do anything about it? I love this question. Well, A, don't schedule your bills the exact same day of payday. <laughs> like, give it two days because here's the thing. It's... It's not only payroll, it's a whole banking system. Right. So it, that is 100% dependent on what bank you use. If it's the same bank the that holidays. the company used, mm -hmm. typically it goes in right away. Yeah. If it's not, if it's like a credit union or something different, it could take 48 hours to process. So like a company can't get that granular on that. They give you what the paydays are. They release the paydays. If it's their paydays on a Monday and that Monday is Memorial Day, you're not getting paid on Memorial Day because the bank's not releasing your funds. The company posted payroll yeah. on time. Mm -hmm. The bank isn't releasing the funds. At least, I mean, unless I'm missing something of the story, but that's really what the 
big issue is the company, when they run payroll, usually it gets posted by like, my old company, we ran payroll on the first. It posted for our payroll on midnight on the third. Payday was the fifth. Right. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. gate, and usually if you had direct deposit, it, it went in on the fourth, right? It built a yeah. buffer in. So a lot of companies do that already. So I would say they need to go look at the policy. So, first of all, does the company have a policy in the handbook? Yeah. And most companies do, and you should have a policy about when do employees get paid. And in fact, it should actually be in every employee's offer letter mm-hmm. when they can expect to be paid and for what pay period. Um, but if they're not, following their own policy, then Mm -hmm. what I would recommend is bringing it up like, hey, here's what your policy says. Here's how it's, here's 10 different examples of how it's actually played out over the last four years. And it may just be a matter of like employee communications that, hey, this week or next week, we usually get paid on Monday at 7 a.m. Just want to let everybody know you're going to get paid at Tuesday at 5 p.m. And here's why. Like, as long as there's communications, yeah. but I'm with you. Like, don't schedule all your bills to come out on the same day that you're getting paid. Yeah, in I just, case something happens. Yeah, for me, I always just think like, ooh, give yourself a 24-hour buffer on that. But I would agree, like, it could be that too, like, leadership isn't aware, right? right. People yep. who are making a little bit more in salary, like maybe aren't scheduling those bills. They're not living paycheck to paycheck as much as more of our entry level mid tier, you know, leaders. So they may not personally be realizing the same kind of thing that someone who does need that paycheck immediately to pay their rent on time um, realizes. So sometimes it's just bringing that yeah, up and people may not realize how bad it is. Could be maybe we have someone who's not timely running payroll. I don't know how large the company is, right? right? So I would definitely bring it up. Um, at repercussions, I don't know about. I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about, hey, I'm supposed to get paid on the 1st, and then by the 15th, I still don't have a paycheck. That's a problem. Then that's a Department of Labor issue. Right. It depends what state you're in, too. But they'll probably also want to know, like, hey, did you let anyone know that you never get your paycheck? Oh, no, I didn't know. I just want to complain to the Department of Labor so they get in trouble. Well, that's not great. So Right. I would, yeah. an obligation to bring it up. So I think what we recommend is, yeah, notify that it's a problem, you know, A, and change your bills maybe to the day after payday. (laughs) If you can. If you can. Um, Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, I am so happy that Gabby was with us today. Yeah. Good to be back. Yeah. Yeah. Back in Wilmywood. Anyway, uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mental Health Awareness Month is May. Uh, If you're an employer, make sure that you share this episode with all of your folks. And follow Leith HR Group on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Gabby's doing a really awesome job on our TikTok. Um, so go check it out. What What's the best compliment you got this week on TikTok? It's real content. They, they Hashtag were waiting for real, real content. content. Yep. <laughs> Hashtag real nice. content. Nice. Yeah. I absolutely love that. So um, follow us. Connect with us individually. Tell people where they can find you. Yeah, Gabrielle Plume on LinkedIn. Lisa Leith on LinkedIn. And Amy Conway on LinkedIn. Hope you guys have a great day. Thanks.